This is Camp Life, The Other Side. A bi-weekly podcast for summer camp professionals. Hosted by Kelly Cook and Natalie Hamilton. Now it's time to explore the other side of summer camp. Welcome back. This is our final episode for before summer starts. Uh, we are now into, well, first of all, this is Scamp Life, the other side. Woohoo. Um, we are in our overnight section of our new directors podcast. So we actually have two directors with us today. I've got Sammy Aaron and Jonathan Duhamel, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Um, Sammy, why don't you go first? Tell us a little bit about yourself and then Jonathan can take it from there. Yeah. So hi, I'm Sammy. Um, I have been in the camp world for six, almost seven years now. I currently work as a camp director with Muscular Dystrophy Association, uh, where I get to direct three of our 24 camp sessions around the country. I started as a camp volunteer in 2016 at North Star Reach, which is a serious fun camp in Michigan. Uh, kind of stumbled upon it as a pre-med college student that really needed some volunteer hours and then realized I loved camp more than medicine um, was like, yeah, I'm going to keep doing this camp thing forever. So I volunteered there for two years with seasonal staff there for two years. And then COVID happened and I worked at a few different other camps in that time um, while also getting my master's degree in developmental psych with a focus in out-of-school time educational programming, which I graduate with today. So very exciting day here. Yeah, and so I do research in summer camping with that um, and wrote my thesis on summer camp activity outcomes. And yeah, now I am a camp director and absolutely love it. Awesome. That's awesome. All right, Jonathan, what about you? I have been working with kids and youth for about 15 years now, although I didn't grow up going to camp, which is odd for people, um, most camp people. So I started working at camp uh, when I was... 18, I started working for the Tim Hortons Foundation uh, and spent six seasons with them. And then uh, from there, graduated school. I went to school to be a pastor. So I graduated a Bible college, uh, did that for a while, as well as working as a, like a teacher and an educational assistant in the public school system. And now finally, about nine, 10 years later, I am back at camp. So I'm working at Camp Kadish, which is a Christian camp in Northern Saskatchewan, uh, it is not all flat here. I need to let the world know <laughs> that there is a part of Saskatchewan that is not flat. It is, um, it's hilly and there's tons of lakes and it's beautiful here. So yeah, that's me. Cool. Awesome. All right. So we're going to kind of just dive right on into it. So we'll start with you, Sammy. I know you kind of mentioned a little bit with your pre-med background, but what really motivated you to, to step into why a camp director role? What, what motivated you into a camp director position? Yeah, I think it was for a while the dream role, um, and I did not expect to get here this quickly. Um, kind of stumbled onto it on accident, it was like looking for jobs, was finishing up the master's kind of realized that this last semester was going to be pretty low key, just like writing my thesis, not really having to go on campus. It's like, yeah, you apply to jobs, get something going. I was on the ACA job list that they send out twice a month and saw this role, put in an application. Uh, Truth be told, had minimal idea what the role entailed uh, because with muscular dystrophy being kind of a bigger organization that's not just focused on camp, the titles are a little different. So my official title is 
specialist recreation and community programming. Um, so had minimal idea of kind of what that was going to look like until I got into the role and they were like, yeah, here are your camps. You're a director. It's like, am I now? <laughs> um, so I just really love camp, really love making camp possible and doing it in a space where camp is free and accessible for kiddos with muscular dystrophy is really, really awesome. Awesome. That's, awesome. That's wonderful. And then Jonathan, you said you took like a 10 year hiatus. What brought you back to camp again? You know, why a camp director position? Um, so, I mean, when I was in Bible college, I kept on trying to get jobs in churches and it never really worked out. Kept on going back to the same Tim Hortons camp. Then when I graduated, finally got a job as a pastor. I was like, I miss camp. And to be honest, this is going to sound bad, but I was sick of Christian people. So I was like, <laughs> uh, okay. And so, I mean, like, because I have faith, that is obviously like kind of part of the process. But um, whenever I found myself in job transition, I was like, maybe camp is now. And so, because um, like where I live in Ontario, I lived in like in Muskoka. So there's tons of camps, tons of options. Continued to look at camp, and finally now I'm able to not spend time, all my time with Christians, and I get to hang out uh, with kids at camp. So yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Very two different ways of getting into this industry, but it also shows that like for some people they can just like slide right in, and other people it takes them years to get into the industry like it's not it's a it's not an easy industry to get into and yet then some people have luck like sammy and i i feel like you and i had luck i kind of just yeah i applied and hey look i'm a camp director kind of situation i at least knew i was going to be a camp director that was in the title (laughs) 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 Uh, but yeah so i mean it's it's very different and nat you had a totally different way of getting into it entirely Yeah, I thought I was just going to get into camp for the summer while I figured out what I was going to do with my life. And I'm still here 15 years later. So here we go. So yeah, cool. So what is your current biggest challenge and what's something that you weren't expecting in your new role? Um, Okay, well, the first challenge I'm going to say I was expecting because it's just like the nature of the world, but volunteer recruitment is incredibly challenging um, and the thing that keeps me up at night especially post pandemic um, and like building back a program that's been closed for two years and being in a program on site, I'm typically either the only or one of two paid staff there and everyone else is volunteers. And it's a pretty demanding job working with kids with neuromuscular disease and a lot of them need full care. And so finding volunteers to do that, especially male volunteers is incredibly challenging. (laughs) Um, But I think the other really big challenge for me is that I just don't know what I don't know. And so it'll be like, I know there's so much to do for camp, but I don't know everything that needs to be done before camp. Um, So I think that's a much bigger challenge than I was expecting. I thought like I've been at camp for a while, like yeah, I know it goes into a session and now there's so many things. And I feel like every day I'm like, oh, I needed to do that too. Great. Add it to the list. So yeah, I think that's the other one. Yeah. I feel like for me, I didn't think that my biggest challenge was going to be my biggest challenge. i like to think that I'm an entrepreneur. I like seeing areas that need to change. I like systems and uh, tweaking them. And so coming in as a camp director, I knew that I wasn't supposed to do that. You don't change anything in your first year <laughs> unless it's like a huge safety risk. And so I was like, I got this. And then just like having conversation, I realized like how I'm already, I mean, I'm not changing things, but I'm already wanting to change things without even realizing it. And so like trying to pull back the reins is hard. 
And then also, I mean, I would say the same as Sammy's. Like I thought that I would knew I would know stuff. Yeah, just because I'd done camp before. But there's so many little things that I haven't thought about. Like last week our executive director was like, hey, you probably haven't thought about it, but we need to figure out where our spring staff are sleeping. And I'm like, oh, right. Yeah, I do. Okay. Like it's that kind of stuff. The little details uh, that it's easy to skip by when you're looking at the big picture. So I've been finding that difficult. I wish I wish our listeners could see and also you guys could see the, the board behind me. But Natalie has seen it. And I literally just keep adding more and more of these tags of things I have to do as they like pop up in my head. It's no, it's never ending. And I've been at this for, I don't know, however many years now. And I am still going, oh, that's right. I have to do this. It doesn't, it doesn't stop. I feel like something that I've been trying to do is like using my reminders on my phone. So when I first started, I kind of got a list of big things that need to be done. So that I got on there. Now, whenever something comes up, like figuring out like where staff are going to sleep, I like put the reminder on my phone and then make it yearly. So like this time next year, I'm going to get a reminder. Probably what's going to happen is come like spring of 2023, I'm going to be dying because I'm just going to have this giant list of things that needs to get done. Uh, I kind of, there's probably like 15 things on my to-do list that have been sitting there for like two months. So I'm like, but so hopefully that helps, but I won't know for years and years to come. So yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I've been trying to keep like a running list of all the things that I'm doing, but it's like the little things too. It's like, oh, you have to like buy snacks for volunteers. And I'm like, well, that's like, when is that going to happen? Like, (laughs) So don't forget to put here. the trash cans out. That one I added yesterday. Like, don't forget to put the trash cans out. Oh, goodness. <laughs> all, all the little things. So, I mean, both of you were talking about, you know, you don't know what you don't know. And I feel like a lot of us feel a lot better prepared going into director roles on the program side of things. Because we've been in the programs. We understand how, you know, those activities work. It's the operation side of things that we're like, oh, I didn't even think about that. Now it's my job to plan all that. <laughs> so, you know, is there something for both of you in those seasonal roles that you have held before that you wish you would have had more training or would have had opportunities to, to explore and learn that would have better prepared you for the roles that you're in now? I think conversations with parents, especially really passionate parents, mm-hmm. um, those like like all of my interactions with parents were always really positive in a seasonal role mm-hmm. and I've done a lot of family camps where I've spent time with families and like so talking to parents didn't scare me until they were calling me upset about something and that is a hard one um, especially also being a younger camp director and I'm like I know they look at me and see a literal child I wish I could have had more experience and obviously it's hard with seasonal like I don't know how I would have gotten that experience before getting into this role. Mm -hmm. But even if I could have just like shadowed someone and seen how they handled those conversations probably would have been helpful. Yeah. So what I have learned is that Natalie, we need to do parent and staff training conversations because Uh Sammy, you're the second person to say that now. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're, we're always looking for ways to, you know, help something that Kelly and I've heard a lot from non-camp businesses is that a lot of the staff that they are bringing in are lacking skills, lacking hard skills, lacking lacking technical skills going into, you know, outside of high school, post-college jobs. So we've been really exploring, like, what are some ways that we can help give our staff more skills? What are opportunities we can, 
you know, designate to them to help them with that. Um, but also for those, those people who maybe see camp in, in a role in the few years down the road, what are some other ways that we can kind of help foster them and help make that transition into, you know, director level a little bit easier. So Jonathan, what are, what are some things that maybe you wish you would have got the chance to, to learn and, and work with in, in those years prior? I would say for me, like, I, I'm going to sound like I'm trash talking Tim Hortons camp for a second. I'm not at all, but they, the way that they structure things is that they have program specialists. So for most of my summers, like spring and summer there, I was a program specialist, which meant I got no or very little experience in all of the programs outside of the ones that were my own. So for instance, like I've got to look at our climbing wall and like check things out. I've never done that in my life. Right. So like, and, and I know it's kind of program like, but I haven't had those experiences and what, no, or like waterfront. Yeah. Or even knowing the rules. Like, what do I tell my lifeguards when they get here? I don't know. I've never worked on a, on a waterfront. So I don't know if it's possible, but if, if it's a camp that has like, that has program specialists asking them if they want more, because it is something that I asked for. I was interested in ropes and I was an athlete as well as a musician. So my, I was a music specialist, but I didn't get to do any of the like high ropes and all that kind of stuff that I would have liked to do. So I think that would be it for me. I'm just, if there's a director out there that's a program specialist or has program specialists, like trying to give them the opportunity to learn uh, other parts of camp outside of their specialty. Yeah, absolutely. What kind of training did you all receive in your new now director role um, to help you kind of succeed, if any? Yeah, I think mine is very different than normal camp because uh, Moscow Distributed Association is a huge organization with like mm-hmm. 200 plus employees. And so we had some sort of like overall training of, you know, this is our org. You know, these are the fundraisers that we do every year and all the different components of our organization, our grants programs, the science, the research, everything else that MDA does. So there was some training on that. Um, we had some other like team training. We kind of worked through, um, MDA kind of went through some transition as I was hired um, and with COVID where they went from having individual offices all over the US where people were running camp and they just did the one for their area to us having like a team nationally that runs all of the camps. So there were some materials that had been provided to local offices in the past that we kind of worked through as a group of like, these are our policies. This is what ultra camp looks like. And, you know, like those kind of things we trained a little bit on. Um, and then just these past few days, we actually had an in-person team retreat training where we like did risk management and COVID protocols um, and actually did those in-person and in a more fun, campy feeling way. Um, but yeah, so that was like the general training. And then um, also just like one-on-one conversations with uh, I have two managers on my team who've both got around like 10 years of experience with MDA summer camp. So just a lot of like, hey, what is this? And like learning via questions, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think like uh, I was trying to think about, I mean, my, because I went to Bible college and that's because we're a Christian camp, a lot of that helped with a lot of those things. Um, very similar. But one thing that I really appreciated that, uh, my, like our executive de- director did was he moved his office into mine. So we were sharing an office. So anytime something came up, it wasn't like, I was literally just like turning around and asking questions. Um, and so that was super helpful. Um, and, and then we also have had some 
we had through COVID, um, the camp had to lay off most of their staff. They're still like friends of the camp and all that. So we actually had our OREC director here yesterday and he just walked through camp, pointed out all the things on the ropes course that I didn't know I needed to look for and that kind of stuff, which was super helpful. And then we have our leadership and discipleship director. um, That's actually a full-time pastor, but they work here full-time through the summer that has been going through like, we've been doing interviews together. So I haven't had to do that kind of stuff on my own. And we hire a lot of staff. So that's been very helpful and lots of conversations, mostly conversations in training, uh, aside from sitting down with our administrator and being like, show me Camp Brain, because this is chaotic. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, him moving his office into mine was definitely the biggest help because I felt like uh, he, it just like was an inviting way to have conversations instead of me having to like get up and walk into the principal's office and be like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Right. So uh, yeah, that was super helpful. I will say for your ropes, not knowing ropes, the biggest thing you can do is walk around for your yearly inspection with the inspector and ask questions. You will learn a ton. So something interesting about Saskatchewan is that there's no, um, there's no one that does that here. So we actually have to fly people in uh, to do ropes inspections. It's very odd. There's also no like rules. There's no guidelines given by the oh province. My goodness. So every camp creates their own. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Oh um, so we have a we have a pretty high standard, but we have to pay people from Ontario to come here. So I mean like if they were to drive, just I'm thinking Americans may not understand the distance. Mm-hmm. So the drive is about like 36 hours. So they're not going to do that. So they so, have to fly to us, then oh we have to gosh. put them up and then do it. So we we do that every 2 years. Um, and we did it last year. So gotcha. basically I'll get a year under and then I'll walk through with them and, and do the report and they'll tell me all the things that they think are dangerous, which is nothing here. We're pretty good. We had to close down our ice climbing wall the last time they were here. So, but that's just because of like wear and tear. It wasn't because yeah. we were doing something seriously dangerous, but that's crazy. Uh, okay. So what is something maybe going into this summer that you really wish that you had just more hours in the day, more days in the week, more time to get completed. I mean, everything. <laughs> That's how I feel yep. too, Sammy. <laughs> yes. I would say that like the thing that I really wish I had more time to do was just to like enjoy it. Like, I feel like it's coming up so fast and this is like the spot that I've always dreamed of being. And I'm just so stressed. And I'm like, try to take some moments and be like, yes, like I love my job. This is so exciting. But most of the time I'm like, oh my goodness, I have four male staff and I need 20 more in two weeks. Like, or where are the medical staff? They need to review applications. Like, how do I get, you know, camper acceptance packets out when we haven't even written a camper acceptance packet and like who's doing what and what's that. So I would love more time to just like enjoy it and think about like all the fun programmatic aspects that I necessarily can't put as like much time and brain power into because I'm trying to find male volunteers. So I think, yeah, just like enjoying it. I think something specific and I would not necessarily for my time, but when I think about our staff's time is I wish there's more time for training. And I, I'm sure every director in the world says that unless they're like lucky enough to have like a month and a half um, to train their staff uh, for eight weeks especially like listening to different podcasts and getting different ideas of uh, like different things that should be in staff training. And then I make the list and I look at it. And I'm like, well, this is three weeks worth of training. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, more time for training, 
And I think more time to build relationship with my staff. We're pretty far away. Most of our staff are from Saskatoon, which is about two hours from us. So there's not a lot of time to just like go out for coffee and get to know them um, as people. So more time to do that. I'm still trying to manage this one, but more time for family. I, I think when I thought of what the camping season looked like, I was like, okay, hit like for us, our, our programming starts in like a couple of weeks. So like come May, I'm going to be super busy until August. And then I'm going to have all this time. And I've realized, mm, no, I'm crazy busy starting like January 2nd or whenever I decide to come into the office. Right. Like, and then it's just been like super overwhelmed, trying not to work late nights uh, but having to work late nights in order to get everything done on time. So yeah, more time for family would be nice. Absolutely. It's, it, it, I feel like that struggle never gets better. Um, I mean, Kelly and I revolted overnight before we moved down here and even at a day camp setting, that is my biggest struggle still is work-life balance and making time mm-hmm. for, for work and family. And it doesn't help that I live on site. So I'm here all the time already. Um, and never yeah. takes time off. Yeah, Take I your time off. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on Kelly. Moving okay, on. Okay. 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 All right. So on the, on, okay. So what are you all most worried about? I mean, I've said it a bunch of times, staffing is really stressful. <laughs> That's like my most pressing concern and the one that like is flooding my inbox and my team's messages presently. Um, That's fair. Just like, totally fair. There, yeah. Like, will there be enough warm adult male bodies to care for my children? Which is really hard. Um, I also just think like the other big concern I have is that like coming in as a new person into an existing program that has run for a lot of years and it's the first time back since before COVID, like wanting to meet people's expectations of what this is going to look like. And, um, you know, it's hard coming into like an existing camp culture as someone new and not having ever seen it um, to know kind of what I'm planning for. And then on top of that, like I traveled to my camps. My first camp is in Arizona. So I've never met my staff in real life. I'll meet them in person the day before campers arrive. And we'll have like 24 hours to kind of set some camp culture and figure out what it feels like. And then kids will arrive and we'll do camp. And so it's very different. Um, And each camp is so different for me. I have three sessions and they're in three different states. I feel like I'm most worried about, like, I mean, I talked about not changing things, but my personality, just my, who I am is such a huge change from the last director that uh, like the last director was not the type of person to get up in front of kids and be like wild and goofy. And that's my personality. That's just who I am kind of naturally. Um, And I'm much more chatty than the last director was. Um, And also the last director grew up here his entire life, went through the whole system and slowly worked his way into the director position. And so being someone new, not from the province, Um, there's that. So I'm definitely worried about that. And then I'm worried that I'm going to forget something. And I know we talked about the lists and all that kind of stuff. I keep on like, I'll like sit down and just stare at my computer screen. I'm like, am I forgetting something? It's coming. Like, do, do I, do I have everything in place? Yeah. I'm worried I'm going to forget something. And I, I probably will. Uh, but that uh, me saying it doesn't help with my anxiety. So (laughs) So on the flip side of that, what are you guys most excited about coming into this summer? 
I mean, I'm just excited to have camp. Like I haven't done an overnight camp since 2019. And so I'm just so excited to have a campsite full of kids, like the full dining hall, full of laughter and the fun activities and those moments and just like watch the magic happen. I'm just so excited to be back and doing camp. Yeah, I feel like I'm most excited to hang out and do camp. It's felt like forever since I've done it. Um, but also like I worked for uh, one of the managers that I worked for with the Tim Hortons foundation was fantastic at being engaged with staff and like they still staff that I worked with 10 years ago will like comment on her Facebook posts and like ask her how she's doing and ask for advice. And she was very much like a mother to the staff. I'm a little bit younger than she was, but um, I'm excited to build those relationships with the staff um, and be, I hope to be a really awesome camp director. So um, I think that's what I'm excited for just to do camp. And then also to, also to figure out what type of director I will be. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm just pumped for camp. It just, it just needs to be, we run an OREC program here. Like, so it's outdoor recreation through the spring. So that's for me is like, oh yeah, that's, that's cool. But like summer needs to get here so that I can be wild and crazy. And, and all <laughs> so, you know, what are, what are maybe some resources or some, some networks or community organizations that you guys have, have found been a part of that you have been, have found that has been beneficial and helpful to you that you would want to share with others that are in, in your same roles, these new camp director positions. Um, I feel like the summer camp professionals Facebook group is really helpful because um, people, a lot of times people have the same questions that you have and are asking them. And so you can connect with people um, and like even things like, oh, what is your like nursing, you know, like nurse application look like for volunteer nurses and being able to share those things with each other. And, you know, what questions are people asking in an interview, things like that. Um, so it's kind of just a great network of people all over. Um, the other thing I really like, uh, I'm a member of the Summer Camp Society and find that to be really beneficial, just having a, like, they have like weekly meetings where we kind of share problems that we're having and talk through them. And so it's been really helpful to be connected more um, like in a little bit smaller of a group with other camp people and to be able to brainstorm and share problems in that kind of space. Um, and that just the, like the network of camp people I've built over my time in the camp world has been really helpful and just reaching out to like my old camp directors that are at my old camps and being like, hey, you know, like, I remember you did this one training, would you be willing to send me your slides from that uh, so I can use it or I really liked the volunteer evaluation that we used a few summers ago. Can you send that my way? And just kind of picking and choosing things that I've liked from old directors and having conversations with them about, you know, why they like it, things they might change um, and, you know, kind of adapting it for my own programs has been really, really helpful. Yeah, I, I feel like for me, I mean, in Saskatchewan, we have the SCA, which is the Saskatchewan Camps Association. So it's, it's the ACA, but for our, our little province, um, so there's that, there's the C CCI, which is uh, Christian Camps International. That has been a really good network to be a part of. I won't repeat the ones that Sammy said, like Facebook groups and all that stuff. I do have a like whole list of podcasts. So I have to say Scamp Life is so good. Um, both sides of it, um, especially if you're like, just look, I find the way that like listening to podcasts helps me. So I'm driving, I hear something and I think, 
that's kind of a cool idea. I pause it. And I'm like, Hey Siri. And mm-hmm. then like, I make a note. There's loads of podcasts. One, if people are a new camp director, um, there's one, uh, it's Wreckheads and Camp Nerds, which is a podcast that is no longer running. Um, but they did one in 2017. It's episode 13, where it's called Starting Over as a New Man, uh, oh, Starting Over as New Management. And so it's kind of talking about being a new camp director in a new camp. Um, and that's with Barb Whedon, who is the manager that I worked for and was absolutely awesome. One of the best people in the camp industry, I think. So I said the Scamp Life ones, those are there. There's also like Camp Code and Camp Hacker and the Camp Owners podcast and the Day Camp podcast mm-hmm. and First Class Counselors, which is more for staff. But like, there's so many that I find just like hearing people talk about camp gets my my brains going. Some Most of those podcasts are not, no, all of those podcasts are not as good as Scamp Life, but they're talking about it. And then it just makes you think about it. So I have to do lots of traveling for my job because everything's a drive. So like the one trip, like I had to, I was recruiting staff and it was 12 hours on the road, like six hours there, six hours back. So I got through tons of podcasts, just listening, learning, and um, yeah, just reconnecting with old camp staff, I think is helpful. Even like I have found connecting with old camp staff that are no longer working in camp, Mm -hmm. but like working as social workers or working even in like multimedia arts and marketing and all the expertise that we're supposed to have, but can't possibly contain um, and our brains, just making those connections for me anyways, has been really helpful to reach out to, to those people. So. No, that's great. I mean, we all rely on our networks for sure. That's you cannot. So cool. All right. So looking to the future, what are, you know, what are some of your future goals, ambitions? You know, I'm not going to put a timeline on it, but what do you think you'll still be within the camping industry? Do you think it's going to change? What do you think? I, um, I'm a really big nerd and I really like being in school. Hence why I got a master's degree. I'm um, with you there, Sammy. I'm I no- just, Yep. Mm-hmm. I can't stop. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> my, I like finished school and my supervisor now was like, how long do you think you got until you go back? Like, how long are you going to be able to keep yourself out? And I was like, ask me again in a year. We'll see. Yep. <laughs> right now I say not ever, but um, I do eventually want a PhD uh, and would like to focus more on camp research someday. I did a little bit of it in undergrad and really love just the idea of um, not necessarily quantifying, but being able to show why camp is important and help make sure that every kiddo has access to a camp experience that's, you know, affordable and accessible. So really love the camp research kind of side of things and asking those questions, like why does camp work and what can we learn about that in the rest of the world to make sure, um, you know, like we all know camp is magical. You come to camp, you see it happen, you watch kids go from like shy to super outgoing in the span of a week which is insane and so what can we learn about why that happens at camp and um, just really being able to put numbers to it and things like that so I love research and definitely see myself kind of heading that direction but also uh, a long time from now I need a need a break from school um so before before 2020 my wife and I were in the process of actually working overseas as uh, like global workers or missionaries. Um, so like my, my life ambition, I guess what I'm working towards would be to go overseas and run something like camp or a camp for kids that wouldn't have the opportunity to do that somewhere else in the world. So yes, 
I don't know where I would go and I don't know when that would happen uh, because at this point, I feel like I am nowhere close to prepared to try and start my own camp. Uh, but that's kind of the dream. Awesome. Very, very cool. All right. So we wanted to wrap it up today with just giving you guys a chance to, you know, do you have any questions for Kelly and I, anything that we can, you can help get perspective from us or we can help steer you in a, in a direction to find some answers. I'll just say, what do you wish you would have known your first time directing a camp? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, I will be taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. so, we, we laugh because like, yeah. I don't know. It's just, what do I wish I had known? What I still feel like I wish I would have everything. known so everything. <laughs> I still don't know it all. No. I don't. Um, specifically to uh, specifically speaking to an overnight camp type setting, the thing that I wish I knew, and I kind of mentioned it earlier, was how not just that I need to have a better work-life balance but how to have a better work-life balance and again I still struggle with that like I said I live on site um, and that is something that you know with my my area you know if something happens in the middle of the night with one of the animals that we have on site that's my job that's why I'm here I'm here to take care of it um, but it's really hard to distinguish even off time when I'm at home, because I'm at home, that means I'm still at work. That means I still have my computer. That means I still have my phone, all of those things. So it's really, really difficult to differentiate between those two. And then even if I go off site for things, I'm like at the grocery store, like, oh yeah, I need this, this, and I need mac and cheese and I'm getting ground beef and da, 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 da. And oh crap, I didn't turn the water off in the pastures, or I never got back to the email for so-and-so. So I've always been told I need to disconnect um, but how to disconnect has always, um, been hard. And I know some people who are really, really great at it. And I really envy them for being able to, to set them apart. But I think at this point, I am so far ingrained into that process. Had I started out a lot earlier when I first started into camps about making intentional time for me and my family outside of camp, I feel it'd be a lot easier. So that would be my suggestion starting out now is, since you're just now getting to that role, really be very, very intentional about separating family time and work time to make it easier for you going forward and set some, some stricter boundaries for yourself. Set boundaries, have your boundaries. We know working at an overnight camp, you are going to get radio calls at two o'clock in the morning for whatever comes up, but try like have a cutoff time that you are out of the office. So what I started doing halfway through my season as a first year director is once I knew that the staff could handle evening programs and doing everything themselves, I would say, Hey, I'm going to, we lived in fifth wheel trailer. So I was like, I'm going back to the, the trailer, which is where I lived during the summer. And I was like, I will have my radio on, but please only radio me in the event of an emergency. So like I never left camp and had like a true night off but I'd at least try to get a shower in without being interrupted. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
<laughs> I also feel that a lot of times that first time directors, you, while yes, there is a lot of weight on your shoulders and there's lots of pressure. There's this, this image of, we have to be perfect and we have to do everything right. And we kind of spoke to this in the previous episode with um, Emily from, with the day camp side of things, but not adding to that pressure myself, not putting the extra pressure on me that, oh, I need to be perfect. I need to do all these things. I have these big shoes to fill, these high expectations I have to fill. Um, I am already getting enough of that from my outside community (laughs) and outside network. Um, I don't need to be putting that extra pressure on me, but I was. Um, And so very much burnt myself out my first year very, very quickly from trying to do too much. And just taking that step back and again, setting those boundaries for yourself. It's hard, very, very difficult to do, but if I could do it all over again, I would do that a lot sooner in my career than Mm -hmm. than what I ended up doing. Um, One question that I had was like, over the years, I've been given a lot of good advice. So what is the best advice that someone has given you in regards to working in the camping industry? I don't know. Like I think back to like the last episode of Boy Meets World. Am I dating myself? If I like, okay, cool. So like the very last episode where Mr. Feeney just tells you to like, do good, like just do good. Like you're fine. Like that's what probably resonates the most. Like take care of yourself. Like self-care is important and, and you'll be fine. Like just make sure you're taking care of yourself. But my, the director who gave that to me is, is a mentor of mine. Uh, he saw me as a camp counselor and I saw him recently at Tri-State and, you know, he, he's always been really good at checking in, uh, he, back when we were all seasonal counselors, like he would Snapchat a bunch of us and just say like, just doing our, our, you know, our yearly check-ins because we would do super, we call them supervisions and they would just be like a, a check-in type of situation throughout the summer. And so he's, he, he would put up a Snapchat and send it to all the, the camp staff be like, supervision time, who needs to check in? Like, how's everyone doing? And I think that was really important to just, it was a good way to check in on yourself. So, so I have two, one of them is uh, very horse specific and very much specific to, you know, what I do. Um, but I was told my very first year and I did not understand it until after my very first year. Um, so if you run a horse program, uh, you'll probably relate to this. Um, it's very easy to find good horse staff and it's very easy to find good counselor staff it is very very difficult to find good horse counselor staff um (laughs) they either want to do everything with the horses and nothing with the children they want to do everything with the children but have no clue about the horses so finding the people that can do both are very very rare and very very hard to find and I was like yeah whatever no big deal and then I sat through the first staff training and I was like, oh, I, I, I gotcha. I, I see what I did. I messed up there. Um, <laughs> I'm going to rephrase my um, interview questions going forward. Um, and happy to discuss that with anyone who runs a horse program and wants to pick my brain more about that. Happy to outside of this. Um, but that is my piece of advice and what I was told very early on. But the other kind of more 
more camp focused thing is I had it in my brain for a very, very long time of what we tend to tell our staff is, you know, be, be, be the mentor that the kids need, you know, be who, be who you, be the counselor that that camper needs. And it took me longer than I cared to admit to transition that mindset of in a director role. I need to be the director that my staff need, not mm-hmm. the campers. My focus has shifted now from the camper so much. And I need to put that same energy, that same effort, that same time, that same role modeling, but for my staff. And so that was something that I, I was told by my second or third year in kind of a director role. You're now the camp counselor for your staff. Yes. <laughs> is what it is. It's you're now the camp counselor for your staff. So. Yeah. No, I like that. That's good advice. I wrote down all of your advice. So, <laughs> and now I'm like, I got to pin it somewhere so that I like see it so that I don't, especially that like, because I, for so long I've worked with kids and youth and not so much like the young adult age, which is a lot of our staff. Um, And so making sure that I'm not being, that I'm not being camper focused, but that I'm being staff focused. So. But still go out and have fun with the kids. Like don't keep yourself in the office. I did that a lot my first year and I was stuck in the office for staffing issue reasons. And last year was probably the first year since 2015, when I first became a full-time director that I actually had fun and I got out of my office and got to play with kids. So like, don't totally like, yes, focus on your staff hundred percent. Like they're the ones we have to focus on so that they can focus on the kids, but like, get out of the office, get out of it. Like the email can wait the parent phone call. It can wait the food order. It can wait. (laughs) My other, my other question is not serious at all. Um, and not, it's completely selfish. It's not camp related. I'm really just want an invite to come see you guys for a few reasons. Uh, so I grew up playing football in Canada, which like a high school game, good attendance is like 10 people. Uh, so I would love to take in like Friday night game under the lights, high school football. That would be awesome. I love to take in a college game and absolutely. We do not have horses here and our executive director, it's like kind of a joke with all the like Saskatchewan staff, like people that they know he hates horses. I love horses, but so I'll just come. You guys can invite me. I'm gonna like hang out with your animals, go see some football and do absolutely nothing for you guys. So my, my question is, will you invite me? Yeah, we have a place 100%. on camp, absolutely. We got places yeah. here. You can live on site for your time down here. Yes. Yes, we'll even Let pick you, you up from the airport. Yeah, let you hang every- out with George, our free roam goat. It'll be great. That's amazing. My, so everyone listening to the podcast knows that it's an open invitation for everyone. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Everyone Absolutely. around the world. Yes. yes. <laughs> the best thing I did when I was, you know, getting into true like full-time director role is me and uh, six other equestrian directors from like five other camps rented a van now we did not know one another prior to this except for like oh yeah that person's at that camp and that person's at that camp right uh rented a van and road tripped throughout the midwest to a conference down in texas together and stopped at like eight or nine different camps on the way down and back up it was phenomenal and we're great friends after it but you want to talk about bonding it was great (laughs) just stick people in a car together but being able just to show up and like hey we want to come see your camp can we stop by next week and everyone's like yeah absolutely come on in no problem um that welcoming nature of camps everywhere was phenomenal all right well 
I guess that wraps up our last episode for the season. Oh my gosh, we made it. Nat, we made it. We made it. Now we get to dive into summer. Woohoo! We will be back in the fall. We hope everyone has a successful summer, whatever you view as success. We want to thank Sammy and Jonathan for coming on the podcast today. This was super fun. I got to relive my overnight um, days of camping. And yeah, thank you guys for coming on. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. It's, it's, this is pretty cool. I'm going to listen to myself while I'm driving and it's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. Awesome. Well, from all of us here today, this has been the Scamp Life, the other side, and we will see you in the fall. Bye, everybody. <laughs>